Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, we are excited on guest Thursday to have a very, very special guest, uh, Richard Anderson. Um, he's uh, uh, operates in the sports world, Kathy, and he'll you'll be able to share uh, oh, some fun. cool cool story uh, with that. He's uh, <laughs> we could uh, we could actually spend Richard a couple hours, couldn't we, talking about some of the stuff you've been involved <laughs> with? And uh, uh, but uh, it's been a joy. Uh, Richard is lives in California, and he's one of the uh, Blanchard Group guys. Uh, oh, excellent. Okay. Through my discipling of Ken, and uh, they came in and wanted to learn what it means to walk with God, too, and, and we have. And so Richard and I have been friends now for many, many, many years, and it's been a joy to walk together and uh, have him experience. So welcome, Richard. Uh, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> where where are you uh, exactly in California? What what are well, you? I'm on? a block. I'm a block and a half from the beach in the land of fruits and nuts. Yeah, uh, nice. In, in uh, Huntington Beach, and uh, yeah, really. Uh, uh, as much as I love the Pacific Northwest and the Seattle area, it's it's quite amazing to have a winter where we don't see liquid sunshine for. Six <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the um, I know your wife. Um, she she's a uh, event uh, manager uh, CEO really. Yeah. What uh, where does she, where's her where's her uh, facility at and how long does it take her to get to work? Yeah, so she is uh, a, a, about twenty five minutes is the important question on the commute. In yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, so she's the uh, executive vice president and general manager of the Honda Center where the Anaheim Ducks play. Ah. She oh also, wow! Uh, she's also in the middle of this multi-billion dollar uh, project that Samueli, the Samueli family's building with an amphitheater and performing arts venue. And so she'll be managing all of those. And uh, she's, a, she's a legend and a legacy in, in her own right in the industry and really a pioneer for women. I'm re really, really proud of her. Well, that's Great. amazing. Great. I think, um, I'm pretty sure uh, you and I have been helping a, a, one, a, a, child, a son of another one of the people we know, April, out of the East Coast. And uh, he got a job with with the Ducks, I think, right? Or with Anaheim, somebody. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I know we were spending a lot of time helping him. I, I, I know the last time we talked, Richie was talking with the Islanders, and and I was getting him, trying to get him connected with the the Mets as well. So I'm not I'm not sure, but that, that yeah, he moved. I know he got a job in Anaheim. I think it's the Anaheim Ducks. I think he. Oh, uh, that's great. Excellent. Uh, Is that April and Ned's son. April and Ned's son. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's Alex great. and uh, and Richard was a big help uh, just to connect him and get him to thinking about it. And it's been Excellent. it was a joy. But anyway, he's. I have to make sure that uh, he connects up with you because he's living. He he moved to California. He's up <laughs> so, the street. Well, we'll have him over. Yeah, for dinner. yeah. Kim needs, I need to make sure Kim Kim is. She's probably in the middle of that connection that night. Probably, yeah, probably. It's really fun. <laughs> That's great. So, um, well, Richard, to start with, as we have you, uh, you know, the audience learn a little bit about you, is how did you come to know Christ in your life? Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up in the East Coast in Florida, and and. Um, I had uh, a, a strong fundamentalist background, if you will. I had, uh, and I'm just going to be really candid because I think lots of people will resonate with the truth as opposed to me sugarcoating this. I had a, a <laughs> loving mother that uh, 
that that struggled with her own addictions. And so we were always the, I was the toe-headed little kid in the front row of the church. And then on the way home, I was getting smacked around because I didn't sit still. So it was really a, a, a conflicting world of this loving Christ and then this this sort of angry environment that I grew up in. Um, and, and as a part of my story, when I was actually quite young, I was 12, I, I went away to a private military school. Um, I'm not going to lie, it was horrible. I, at the time, you know, I just learned to survive it. And I think that was a lot of the skills I learned early on was just, let's mm. get through the day, let's get through the day. And I have no, all of this work for good, right? So at the end of the day, I'm not like, oh, poor me. It's like, it was just a struggle. And I think but a lot of- part of your story and yeah, what God a lot redeemed, of people can, yeah. can relate to that. And uh, so I bounced around from job to job and situation to situation. And in the early, in my early twenties, I was found myself living in Atlanta. And this is a part of the story of finding Christ and also my career. Uh, and I would go to Atlanta Braves games, literally, for two or three bucks and sit in the GA seats and then sneak down because nobody was there and get in the front row of the box seats. But I was always <laughs> by myself and I love baseball. And I thought, man, I, I hate this other job I have, which was uh, selling shoes and working as a dispatcher and that sort of stuff. And so uh, somebody encouraged me to put a resume together, uh, which I probably couldn't have even spelt resume back then and put it in the Braves offices. Um, Six months later, I got a call saying, hey, are you still interested in working for the Braves? And remember, this is long before internet or cell phones or, you know, literally I happened to be standing in the kitchen on the, the phone connected to that cord for those that <laughs> came after that. And I said, yeah, sure. And I came in and I interviewed. I did, was did, it, did it have a rotary dial? It had a rotary <laughs> dial. It didn't have a push button yet. True story. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, uh, the second question, they, I went in the next day and the second question they asked me was, do you know how to drive a bus? And I didn't want to lie, but they didn't ask me had I ever driven one. And I really wanted this job. <laughs> so long story short is I, I said, yeah, I know how to drive one because I figured I did. I'd driven some equipment before. And I got hired as a minor league general manager for the Atlanta Braves in a town called Greenwood, South Carolina. Um, I was making $600 a month with a guarantee to be raised. I mean, 500 with a guarantee to be raised to 600 a month if I survived the first 90 days and did a good job. And, you know, so I, I went to what used to be a store called Montgomery Wards, bought a rollaway sleeper, put it in the corner of my office, literally slept in this little office at the ballpark, 23 years old. I cried at night because I was so lonely, but it was the greatest career year of my life. And it really mm. led to me uh, finding Christ. I, I, I realized that I had finally made a stand, that this is what I really wanted to do. I don't think I realized that God was calling me to do this at that time, but it's really clear when I look back now, I just I just loved it. I couldn't wait to get up in the morning. I didn't want to go to bed at night. And so I was there two years. And uh, by the way, my boss for 10 years, my first boss was a guy named Hank Aaron. And I was Hank's first employee. So for baseball fans, quite an amazing story. We became good friends and uh, he, he was actually an incredible human being. So I got promoted uh, two and a half years later to Green from Greenwood to Savannah, Georgia. And I had a brother down, I had a cousin, I should say down there that was a part of the Christian Businessmen's Association. And he said, Hey, look, I want to take you to this dinner one night. And so we went and a guy by the name of Ed Hill, and I remember the name, that's how impacting it was. He spoke and he talked about how um, messed up his life had been and then some things that happened and how he came to find Christ. And I had this Christian background. So for those that are constantly demonstrating their faith, it mattered. I just, it didn't, you know, it, it wasn't like I came to Christ at the time people were telling me prior, but all those things I'd heard over the years were there on the rock when I heard this guy speak. And then I just had this, um, 
this this hard for it and they gave me that little pamphlet the reason why and you know so I, I went home and um i got down on my knees in my living room and and i accepted christ that night and literally i did have a lightning experience there's no question in my mind that uh you know the lord filled my heart with my openness and i became on fire for for uh walking in faith and uh this you're 25 years old or so right now yeah, I was okay 25 and and, and I realized that, um, you know, uh, even though I was having success in, in uh, professional sports and growing, that I, I wasn't, wasn't that happy. And maybe connected to that was, was uh, I listened to Bob Buford, who back then was just, you know, written a book called Halftime. And um, he came and spoke to the same Christian Businessmen's Association. And he talked about how he chased success all his life. And it didn't make him any happier, even when he made more money. And got a bigger house. And then someday he kind of stumbled into uh, doing something on behalf of the Lord for somebody else with no intended purpose other than to just walk in the faith and how his life changed. And so these things had a huge impact um, in terms of my faith and my walk. And I realized what I really wanted to do was make a difference with my life. It wasn't about having a bigger house and a faster car wasn't wrong in and itself. And that's fine. And God wanted me to have those things. But what he really wanted me to have was joy. And he was oh, ready beautiful. to give it. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. And the, uh, I know with Hank Aaron, didn't you, uh, did you attend his uh, induction, right? Into the Hall uh, of I, I did not, but I, I went to a lot of events with him. And what happens, what happens with Hank and people would be interested to know, he's an incredible person, uh, a man of faith and a really good human being. He was also uh, very shy and he'd been taken advantage. You'd have to remember, he was a, an African-American male one of the pioneers going up in the South. And he told right. these stories. We were in long car rides for many years from mm-hmm. places. We, we got to be pretty close. And he brought me, uh, you know, into his sort of world. And he didn't do that with very many people. And so I learned a lot. I learned a lot about him and what he was up to. And if we, were be, if we would be at meetings, he was always looking for me to come sit and have a meal with him or hang out because he didn't want people coming over and you know, that he didn't know and bothering him and ask, hey, give me an autograph, do this. And he, he just surrounded himself with, with trusted people. Yeah, interesting guy. And by the way, could even in his 50s, could still pound the ball over the fence as a baseball <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, uh, so you got started with the Brave. Tell us a little bit about your career. I know you had some, uh, after you became a believer, even you had some struggle, personal struggles uh, yeah. in life and uh, walk us through a little bit, but both of those and your career and what, what kind of things you did and what the struggles were. Yeah. And I suspect <laughs> many people can relate to this. And if not, then I'm the only one, but as my, my faith grew and I got excited, I, I, I think as I look back, what I learned was uh, as long as I surrounded myself with people of faith and I stayed in the light, I grew. But when, um, when darkness got a hold of me and I would get pulled um, you know, it was like days turned to weeks, weeks turned to months. And all of a sudden, you know, m- my shadow hadn't darkened the doors of a faith engaged environment in some period of time. And I couldn't figure out why I was miserable. Uh, you know, alcohol became a, sort of a drug of choice for me because I, I had this emptiness, uh, over a period of time. So I was with the Braves 10 years professionally. I had great success and, and, you know, whatever, whatever, won a lot of awards and we had a lot of success and I got hired by the pirates and was working for some some big muckety-mucks in Pittsburgh and got to know the Roonies, got to know Art Sr. pretty mm. well with the Steelers. I mean, it's, it's amazing. The people, when I look back, I go like, how did this happen? Like, you know, at that point, I had one year of college and I was, was you know, now vice president <laughs> of a major league team running a big piece of Three Rivers Stadium. 
but um, I was miserable. And I, I had the, the five years in Pittsburgh and I had an opportunity to go down and become the first one of the first business employees of the Florida Marlins and work for Wayne Heisinger, the blockbuster and waste management pioneer. And my boss from the Pirates uh, was the president, took me down there. And he died of a heart attack about a year into that suddenly. And I found myself uh, completely isolated. My faith, uh, I, I was not on a rock. Uh, I'd been on my own for a while. I was living large, look at me, look at me go, look at me grow. You know, I'm making big dough. I got the red Porsche and the fancy house. I'm living next door to Bernie Kosar and playing golf with Dan Marino. Hey, look at me now. And then, um, you know, this house of cards became really clear. And I realized everything that mattered to me, um, you know, was a house of cards. And um, I prayed. Uh, I, I had tears rolling down my cheeks because I said, I'm never going to drink again. And then that night I drank. And then I said it again the next night and I drank. And uh, you know, my, my strength couldn't overcome this yeah, addictive yeah. disease. And so I, um, I prayed about it and, and I, it became very clear to me that God, God said, you need to call and get help. And so uh, I ended up going in a treatment center, um, you know, my ex-wife now, but my wife of, of many years at that time, which was a, a different, uh, and my kids didn't even know I went in a treatment center. They were, they were uh, off on vacation in Pennsylvania for a while. And so I, I went through the treatment center um, and, and then I came back. And, and for those that, that don't understand this, and for those that do, I'm really fortunate. I got it. And so far, 28 or 30 years later or whatever it is, um, you know, I know I'm not going to drink today. I always say, hey, you know, it might happen tomorrow, but I'm not going to drink today. And, and, I, and I, I, I thank God for, for uh, the clarity and, and the growth and the opportunity I've had to have impact on other people be, because of that. But uh, I actually went into AA when I came out and I got active in it. And what I would say about AA, there's a lot of ways to there's a lot of addictions besides alcohol. Obviously, there's pornography and there's drugs and there's shopping and there's eating. And so I just think it's a placeholder for someone that's in so much pain, they would do anything not to feel that pain. So they just stay active and they've missed the whole opportunity to abide with God and and and, and be close to the Father and, 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 and walk through those storms. But what I found with AA was it is a spiritual program. And for me, it is a Christ-based program uh, for somebody with an addictive personality. And so I was able, you know, where not everybody looks at that way. Uh, the steps are all based around biblical principles. And while it's been maybe watered down over the years, it wasn't for me. So it, it worked for me. And I got, I, um, I got clarity in my head and I got active in my faith again. And, um, it, you know, I was really fortunate to have some strong Christian individuals, particularly um, a, a guy by the name of Hollis Half when I moved back to Pittsburgh uh, after the Florida days, who was starting a church called New Community Church in Pittsburgh, and I got active in that church, and uh, he really came alongside me for a number of years, and and uh, that's really where I think my faith uh, began to flourish again. Yeah, yeah, and then as you've uh, uh, you know gone through, I know uh, you wound up uh, uh, you know being the general manager of facilities like the San Diego uh, Park, and uh, you ran the show for these venues. Uh, same thing up for uh, up in uh, Canada for the uh, Oilers, and uh, so you you did all that. So you were you were general manager in a baseball teams. You were general manager of facilities, um, and then how did how did you get led into? Now you're actually going back to those places, but now you're actually training them 
uh, and all the leaderships, you have a great opportunity to to build a wonderful business. How did that all happen? Yeah, uh, um, interesting. A, a lot of people, a lot of people of faith, uh, came alongside me. Not not the least of which was 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 a guy by the name of Rich Case. For those that know him, uh, but you know, Blanchard certainly had a, an enormous impact on me. And I think what what's very clear is you know, and, and the Bible is really clear about this, that we've all been put here uh, for a purpose. And I, I, I look back at my, my days when I was, was deep in uh, learning scripture and I, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about, you know, we've all been given manifestations of, of the spirit. We've all been given gifts. Yes. And, you know, one of, one of mine is, is a heart uh, and a passion to provide um, opportunities for others to learn. And so I, I became vested even back when I was at Joe Robbie Stadium, um, at, right after I'd gotten myself sort of cleaned up with leadership development. So I, I, I while a lot of other people, I sort of quit, went, quit going to the bars and I started getting certifications and learning about professional development and leadership. And I surrounded myself with people like, like Rich and Ken Blanchard and, and many, many others. And uh, Hollis continued to be a factor in my life. And so I I had great insights, um, you know, and I'd say like from all of that and even today, you know, um, I'm not what, what I ought to be and I'm not what I'm going to be, but that sort of thing. I'm not what I used to be. I just stay at it. Uh, so I, I had all these great contacts. Uh, Rich, actually, Rich said to me when we were in Canada, I was running, I was CEO of a company called Northlands. I had just finished an episode, and I say this humbly because it's kind of corny, but I just finished an episode of Undercover Boss. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard that show. And literally, I'm the CEO on an Undercover Boss show. You can look it up if you go to, to uh, awesome. Northlands. If you go to uh, Undercover Boss Canada and Google my <laughs> name, or Google Northlands, it's pretty pretty funny and pretty, and, and, and I do speak about my faith in it, by the way. Uh, but I, uh, Rich told me when I was at Northlands, he said, you know, God's really given you a gift uh, in terms of presentation skills, and, and you should use, you should really consider and be prayerful about using that. Um, uh, what I would say about Rich and what I've learned in my own walk is that that um, shame is not a, you know, God's already forgiven me for the things I haven't done, and Rich has reminded me that many times, and like the yes. only person that's making me feel guilt as myself. And so right. in fact, with Rich's guidance, we spent a lot of time in Acts uh, helping me walk through um, letting go of that. And Rich would often Great. say to me when I'd say, like, hey, you know, I da, 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 and I haven't done this or anything. Well, hey, how about now? How about now? <laughs> how about now? So, like, Let's don't worry he about what you have say that a few done. times on the podcast too. <laughs> right. How about now? Let's go now. And so I looked at that and I said, yeah, you know, like maybe I'm not the world's greatest presenter, but that's that's um, basically a blast in the face of the father for me to to diminish the gifts he's given mm. me. They're not mine. He gave them to me. Right. So I've really worked at that, and and it's amazing um, the clients that I've grown. Inter interestingly, one of my clients, and it's topical right now, is a company called Westbrook Media. And for those that may not immediately make the connection, um, we wrote the mission, vision, and values for Will and Jada Smith's company. Which is <laughs> Becoming, oh wow! About that, so um, which is becoming the you know one of the largest multimedia platforms in the world. Um, yeah, and you know that's a whole separate issue, which I'm sure you will talk about. But I, I, uh, I know the you know the father forgives him, and there's an opportunity in there to use that for good. And I hope that's where Absolutely. it comes. Absolutely. I, I plan on parachuting in with a call next week when the dust settles a little bit. But I have. Um, yeah. And by, the, and by the way, just to uh, because you're you're you'll air actually before this happened. Um, but uh, there's an event oh. 
there's an event uh, that that happens at the Oscars uh, this next weekend. And Will Smith is is in the middle of it. And he's in the middle of a big firestorm because of it. Uh, And that's what Richard's talking about. So um, you're, you're going to, when you, when you, uh, when he says this, you, you say, well, what happened? Well, you'll find oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch, watch the Oscars. And actually, yeah. that's going to be an amazing trick that's that's um, stunning because I don't know how this, I don't know how we're taping this now after it's already happened and then yeah. it's going to so That's Pretty good, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stunned. So, so, so lots of good, lots of great clients, a lot of NFL teams. Um, uh, you know, Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, and um, even through the pandemic, um, you know, where nobody was wanting professional development and, and, and leadership development and that sort of stuff simply because uh, of the way the world was, uh, we stayed active and um, now, now, now we're getting busy and, and very blessed. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, and uh, uh, as you've looked at, you, you mentioned a couple of times, you know, that you've worked through God healing you, uh, you know, getting rid of guilt, uh, making decisions. How has, how is your abiding and processing, walking in the spirit to receive God's leadership? How has that impacted your life? <clears throat> well, it's night and day. When, when, isn't it crazy? And there's got to be a lot of people that watch this that go, yeah, I, I, if I'm being honest about myself, this is how it is. Isn't it crazy that I know what will bring me peace? And yet I continue to whack myself in the head with the old hammer that I'm familiar with. It's like that C.S. Lewis line, you know, if a hammer is the only tool you got, yeah. every problem looks like a nail. And yeah, so yeah, when, when, when I abide, um, my life's completely different because acceptance is the answer. You know, like um, people, places, situations and things have control over my life when I let them. When I turn them over to God, they don't. Yeah. It's that simple. And, you know, the way I turn them over to God is I stay in the word and I stay in the word and I surround myself with people that are in the word and God yeah. gives me discernment. And I know it's true because I've, I've lived it and I know who the people are that, that shine a light on right. me and I know where I get myself in trouble. So a, a lot of this for me is, is, um, you know, wanting it. And, and I, you know, you can say, well, it's discipline and I go, okay. I think I got pretty good discipline on lots of things, but, um, you know, again, as Rich once said to me, he said, well, you, you know, you just really don't want to do such and such. Uh, and I go, well, how can you say that? He said, because if you really wanted to do it, you'd do it, right? And I went like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's actually that simple. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I don't want it enough. And so sometimes I, sadly, I do think people have to go back out there and get beat up uh, by their own inadequacies before they realize that that it's God that can, mm-hmm. can you know, one quick sidebar, if, if I could, that's connected to this is that I, I went through a pretty challenging separation. Uh, and I won't get into all of that. Um, I did have some some strong spiritual support. Uh, as I walked through it, because I, you know, the guilt and the shame that comes with divorces is right. acting as uh, anything that can happen in one's life. And it was certainly not what I wanted. But what I learned from my my walk in faith with people that I knew really knew was that my partner and I weren't equally yoked and my partner wasn't going to do anything about it. And it wasn't like I gave it a week or, I mean, decade, but, you know, long period of time. And so I was just, it became clear to me that God wanted me to have joy and that, that I was freed from this relationship and whether 
anybody else buys that or not, I felt a piece about it. And that's so, so what I want to share with is the calamity that comes out of that. What you don't know about divorce, if you've never been through it, is that you and the person you separate from are in many cases, almost the least of people impacted, but for certain, not the only ones. <laughs> so, and, um, so, you know, there's kids and grandkids and family and friends and divided families. I literally ran into somebody this past weekend at a grandparents day uh, that was in a, a Bible study group that I was in at the time that literally wouldn't talk to me this past weekend, <laughs> 10 years mm. later. And I thought like, how crazy is that? Like, yeah. I don't even know the situation. Yeah. And, and I didn't feel, I, I felt bad for them. But the, the point I want to make was, you know, my kids were really caught in the middle of this. I have three grown kids. I have five grandkids. My, my oldest daughter um, ended up having to, to be actively involved in a lot of the care for my, my ex-wife. And it became very problematic and challenging. And while everything was equitable in terms of um, the separation, it wasn't emotionally. And, and so, um, she ultimately made a decision at one point because of being upset that she was just not going to talk to me anymore. Yeah. So for, for, for those that can get their hands around the fact that you can't love your kids any more than you love them. I mean, I just love my three kids so much. And, um, now I'm cut off not only from her, uh, but her husband and both of my granddaughters. And so this went on for a period of time. And this is where I probably, um, I did the right thing, you know, I don't always, but I did the right thing. I reached out to spiritual counsel and mentors and um, I got in the word and I prayed and um, I'd done my best thinking and it got me into the jackpot I was in. So now I was going to listen to, you know, I was going to listen to God and to the people that the godly people that, that had been put in my life. And, you know, so I began to journal, I began to stay in the word. I began to forgive myself. I began to realize that this really wasn't about what I'd done, but it was about other people's calamity. And that what I didn't want to do was throw gasoline on this fire. I wanted <laughs> to um, thoughtfully and prayerfully give it the time it needs to heal so that I could have whatever relationship I could have with these two granddaughters and my daughter, who I love with all my heart, and her husband, who's a really good and decent human being. So um, a year and a half, I had no contact. Wow. And, but during that period of time, um, with counsel, I, I learned to do some things uh, prayerfully, like handwritten notes, as opposed to these constant frantic phone calls, and you know, very thoughtful, never putting the blank, never trying to explain myself, just always being clear that I love you and I'm here and I understand you're upset. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here to talk about it, but what I really want you to know is I love you. And, uh, and then something happened, you know, God, and it was called uh, God intervening. <laughs> and, and uh, over a period of time, it healed, um, you know, for the last two and a half years, it's continued to heal up into, I was invited just a few days ago, well, a few weeks ago, but just a few days ago to my first grandparents day my kids go to Santa Fe Christian Academy in, in um, San Diego. And so I went down Saturday morning and uh, spent the morning at the school with the kids, spent the afternoon at their flag football game, spent the night at their place. Uh, the mm. four of us had this joyous interaction. Saturday, I took my one granddaughter who just had a birthday on what I call International Jossie Day. It's her birthday and we had a, had a super swell time. And, you know, this is all God, you know, working through this in my mind and in my heart. Um, my daughter didn't do anything wrong. She's like one of the most amazing people in the world. She was put in a really tough spot. I totally get it. 
And, you know, um, I did the best I could with what I had to do with God forgave me and I just needed to wait it out. So tribulations come. My challenge is that I want to fix them right away instead of waiting on God's time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, I remember walking through that with you that, uh, uh, you know, your heart, uh, particularly in that situation is, you know, I really don't want this to be broken. Um, you know, what should I do to fix it? You know, and, you know, and it was like, eh, you know, let, let God, God knows. And, um, you just relax and, and wait. And I know you did. And you, you, you abided in the word, you got healed of the guilt of it and you were patient and just kept being faithful. And then, um, uh, you know, because Richard shared the story, uh, with us this last week, uh, we were just rejoicing at the amazing work of God to, to say, you know, do you see, and God speaking, I know Richard got this, Hey son, do you see, uh, what I can do? <laughs> right. Um, and now you get the privilege of, uh, and the funny thing, and this is, this is interesting. Uh, and I know Richard feels this way is when that happens, Richard, now that it's, it's being restored, what is even your, your thought life or your viewpoint of anything that happened in the past? Yeah, it's, it's, it's clean. Like I, I'm not, I, I don't lay in bed at night going, Oh my gosh, how did this happen? And oh, for me and why it's like, no, it's like, I'm living, you know, I'm living in the moment and it's like the, how about now? Like yeah. I'm joyful and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and interesting enough, your focus is, is actually particularly for you since you learned it is how about now it's like, well, I'm just going to go enjoy the now, <laughs> right, 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 uh, you know, right. how, how beautiful is that? So, uh, it's a great, uh, you know, your, your life and we'll have you back and talk more about some of the stories. I, I'd like you to share sometime. We have more time to, uh, you've got some great stories with some of the sports people you've, you've dealt with. And, uh, and I'd love to love to share that a little bit. Cause that's always fun, but you're just a, a shining example of, uh, redemption. Uh, at all levels that, you know, God has redeemed your soul. He's given you freedom, restoring relationships. Uh, he's given you this gift uh, and a thriving business now that uh, is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as you enjoy it. Actually, your challenge will be, uh, can you maintain your, your uh, margin in the middle of, of all this? So you'll, you'll have another, you'll have another challenge coming up. <laughs> Amen. So, Richard, we thank you so much uh, for sharing and being honest. And uh, I know everybody's going to appreciate the fact that uh, there's hope and that that's what you bring. And, and I can tell you that uh, the joy that's in Richard's heart is, is a joy for me uh, to experience and to know that that's how he now lives. He, he just lives it out. That's beautiful. Yeah. I loved hearing all of this, Richard. Thanks for sharing so authentically. And your story also just highlights not only the redemption of God, but to me, it highlights the beauty of having community around you, the importance of community and all of those key um Set, you know, the, the key, um, I don't know what you would call it, but the, the key crossroads in your lives, it sounds to me like God put community. And when you leaned into that community, he used that to bring you right back and walk you into redemption and restoration time and yeah. time again. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful example for all of us to, to use the gift of that community. Yeah. So uh, my pleasure. Thank you for letting yeah. me, I, I just share this with one closing sentence from my perspective to your point, Kathy, was I, Hollis Half said to me years ago, tell me what you're reading and who you're hanging out with, and I'll tell you where you'll be in five years. And I've never forgotten that. I think it's really true. Surround yourself yeah. with winners and stay in the word, and it's kind of hard to get in trouble. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's absolutely. beautiful. Absolutely. But Richard, uh, say hi to Kim for us, and uh, we'll come out sometime. You can get me tickets to the Anaheim Ducks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Okay. Thanks All right. We'll for see you sharing, soon. Richard. Yep. Great see, to hear your story. See you soon. Yep. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.